Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Because Big Mike has got the life starting now. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. And today it is my pleasure and a privilege to welcome Brent Ritchie. Hi, Brent. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Honored to Thanks be on the show. Coming, Thanks for coming on a podcast. And just a couple of words about Brent. I'll let him talk more about uh, himself. But uh, we've done a couple of investments with Brent. One have gone full life cycle in Phoenix. We're pretty happy with the deal. And then we have another deal with him in Dallas, and he is a multifamily and commercial operator with partners. He's got, uh, forgive me if I am uh, wrong, but uh, from what I understand, we got a, you got about 3,400 doors, and you're managing 2,300 actively. Uh, does that sound about right? And uh, tell us a little, little bit more about Brent, and then you're also a partner in a mastermind group. Um, and uh, so tell us a little bit about Brent first. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, again, humbled and grateful to be on the show and hopefully we can add some good value for your, your audience here. Um, so I grew up in a little rural small town uh, in outside of London, Ontario. It's about two hours, three hours from Toronto, Ontario. And I uh, grew up a Detroit Red Wings fan because I was closer to the, the Red Wings there. Um, but um, yeah, it was just always uh, kind of went along this journey had a more of an entrepreneurial bent, uh, but ended up doing engineering. And then um, shortly uh, kind of got into the, the multifamily space um, back in 2017. Um, and so I, I think a lot of that analytical uh, engineering background really um, married well with this space, kind of looking at a lot of numbers, crunching numbers, <laughs> living, eating and breathing in, in numbers. And so, um, yeah, that skill set allowed us to really be able to uncover and, uh, and see a lot of opportunities um, in the sector and space and be able to model uh, various scenarios, you know, look at stress tests and and see where, you know, we would see kind of like Wayne Gretzky talks about, see where the puck is going and see where opportunities are kind of coming down the line. And uh, and that's really what we do now. I know I just kind of capture that uh, 20 years lifespan in, in about a minute and a half. Um, but um, yeah, we're really kind of always looking at a lot, a lot of these fundamentals have patterns, right? And we always look for where are these patterns going? Where's the, the population growth? Where's the migration? Where are the people moving? Where are the jobs being created? And that's really a lot of the core fundamentals in the multifamily space. And so you know, kind of back 2017, really started getting into the space, bought our first uh, asset in, in uh, Glendale, Arizona, in that Phoenix MSA, and and grateful for, for your partnership on that opportunity. Uh, and, you know, we really started looking at kind of a bit more agnostic and just opportunistic um, for location. Hey, where do numbers make sense? You know, where can we get, uh, find great returns, find great projects? And so, um that that led us kind of building and scaling and and growing in specific markets you know dallas houston uh we had the property in phoenix that, that was a great success um but then as markets got really really hot you know everybody else kind of heard about the rumors and so now everyone you know floods in that market and it gets hyper competitive and maybe the numbers don't make sense anymore or you really got to push deals to make numbers work and so 
you know, that's where we'd, we'd be a bit more, I guess, agnostic and just seeing um, where we got to, you know, kind of uncover, uncover some opportunities. Um, and let so me, let me jump in. So let me jump in with a couple of comments here. So obviously you're a hockey, big hockey fan. <laughs> you grew up in Canada, Detroit yes. Red Wings, and they were super good for many years. They, they, they go in cycles. So they, it's a, yeah. it's a grand franchise, great franchise. And obviously where uh, the puck is going, Wayne Gretzky, right? Just, just kind of uh, preparing or thinking where the future is, 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 is going to take us. So is that the reason you were going to Texas? Houston, you said, Dallas. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of inbound migration, right? A lot of people are moving from both the left coast and the right coast. It appears that the the, the job growth, Texas is one of the probably you know great growth markets. So I assume that's why you kind of settled down there. And uh, what are you seeing now? I mean, we're recording this episode in the middle of October 2023. Things obviously change, have been changing quite a bit. So what do you see coming? I'm just curious. Uh, is this so? These trends have been around. Texas wasn't uh, discovered yesterday. It's been a growing state for many, many years. The growth continues, but um, the prices have also gone up quite a bit. Many, many assets have appreciated significantly. And um, how do you buy right? How do you get a great deal in this environment? Yeah, you know, I think I think great question. So. Debt has a massive, massive uh, play in assets, and there's there's a huge, I would say, um, creates a lot of challenges, right, for existing deals. And you know, you got debt and insurance are two of the, the major factors, especially anything coastal. Um, so Florida, of course, you know, insurance is, is wild. Um, Texas, you know, especially anything coastal, Houston, uh, insurance is pretty wild. Um, but then, yeah, that debt factor, and so. Um, we would really see um, that both create issues and opportunities, you know, issues. Hey, if somebody brought, you know, bridge debt deals, which, you know, 95% of the transactions that were out there transacted in bridge debt, right? So those deals, you know, as the rate caps matured, or maybe people didn't buy rate caps, they didn't anticipate the cost to go up so dramatically, Um and so there's a lot of owners who kind of uh, were not anticipating the rate, rapid rising rates that we've had. Um, and so I know if we take, we, we've had great conversations about, hey, let's take a broader perspective back. These rates that we're having now are not abnormal. The rates that we had a couple of years, you know, for the last couple of years have been way too aggressive and way too low. And so, um, the opportunistic side is because the rates have gone up so high, it really reduces the price, you know, it reduces the price of these assets. And so, you know, if we're looking at these assets and, you know, I think the analogy in this mastermind uh, was, Hey, if your friend's Ferrari, you know, you know, the price of them are 300,000 and you see one on sale for 150,000, you know, or 200,000, you're like, that's a great price on the car. Um, and so it's kind of the same similar uh in the multifamily space you know you're seeing these deals that were trading significantly higher now that are uh, quite a reduced discount you know there's the be greedy when people are fearful be fearful when people are greedy you know there's a lot of fear right now in the market and uh and so that's causing a lot of people to step back and not engage in the market um the dallas fort worth metroplex were still <laughs> crazy enough 
you get a 19 or 2000 and newer vintage asset there, you still get like 40, 50 groups touring and putting offers on those deals. So that we're not seeing. Yeah, like 40 to 50. But you've had a great deal in this environment. So so we're back to the, to the question. Everything you said makes sense. The the rates are up, right? The market uh, has moved up. Well, the pressure is built very fast. People who borrow, borrowed variable or um, floating rate debt are feeling the pain. Now, how do you get those people to capitulate if you're buying, right? Because basically, when the interest rates go up, the theory is the cap rates have to come up, right? I mean, that's, that's the basic premise. But because people are not used to that adjustment, uh, and then they're not willing to capitulate fast. And then, as, yeah, as what, you, what you just said, a lot of groups are still um, floating out there looking to buy at a at these great markets. So how do you get great deals? Because if you don't get a great deal, you, you wind up in a position where the rates are high. It's it's expensive to buy. It's expensive to finance. And if you're not getting a great deal, you're not getting your $300,000 Ferrari for one hundred fifty. You're getting it for like uh, two seventy five, and 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 uh, are you really getting a deal? That's the point. How do you know? How how, how do you how do you think it's going to play out? And will it play out in those hot growth markets? Will the discounts be significant and in any kind of reasonable volume, or it's going to be one off market? You know, deal that kind of flows beyond the radar screen. And those who can get it, get it. But everyone else is just still going to be running around looking for deals. What do you think? Oh, Mike, that's such a good question. And, you know, there's there's a lot in the relationship business. Um, a lot of this, this business is done. You know, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so, yeah, I think generally what's marketed on the deals today, you know, like if it's in, in that Metroplex, in the DFW Metroplex, um, you're seeing still a hot competitive market, lots of people chasing those deals. And so you're not seeing those discounts. And I don't, I, I will fully admit, I cannot predict the future and, and I don't think I'll ever be able to, but I wouldn't foresee that Metroplex going in the opposite direction. You know, it's a bit of a flight to safety and, uh, and the, the fundamentals are so strong there and the politics are so strong there. You're seeing that. Um, and so let it's me, a let bit, me stop I would you there say, for a second. Let me just stop you there for a second. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex, and, and, and other healthy markets, um, the demand is fundamentally so strong relative to the supply that the fact that there is dislocation in the cost of financing, you don't think that the prices are likely to correct significantly, or maybe at all, um, just because it is. it feels like a long you know, if you bought it with fixed rate debt, you're not feeling the pain. And uh, but the experience of new buyers is a lot, whole whole lot harder than the uh, people who bought a few years ago because you you can get sixty percent debt leverage, maybe sixty five percent max, right? In this environment. So the question is, how do you actually transact? I mean, that's why transaction volume is down heavily, and it doesn't look like it's coming back anytime soon, unless. Sellers start capitulating because buyers ain't willing to pay three hundred thousand dollars for Ferrari. They're looking for the hundred fifty thousand dollars Ferrari, but they can't find them, especially not in Dallas for Wharf. So it's kind of one of these really interesting um, phenomenon that you know, we, fresh money wants the great deal, but it, how can it get a great deal? Yeah, yeah, that's 
So, so I think a little bit of relationship business, you know, I think if we look at, okay, so much deals, transaction and bridge volume, some had rate caps, some didn't. And so you had variable rate debt. And so now, you know, a lot of these deals are struggling or the owners are in trouble. And so some of those are private conversations that are being had or brokers that have a, a select pocket group of, of sellers that they have relationships with that they know uh, can close, right? And especially right now, you're also seeing the dynamic factor where equity is kind of afraid too. And so equity is on the sidelines. And so that's, that's you know, you're, or you're looking for more of those opportunistic opportunities. And so some, you know, I think pocket relationships, one-off um, deals uh, in the Metroplex, I would say. Um, other markets, maybe we talk about Houston quickly. Uh, there you're seeing massive opportunities because people are a lot more kind of just, you're sizing for new debt and insurance. Those two factors are, are quite extensive. And so it's causing a lot of people to pull back and there's so much uncertainty in what's happening in the, in the debt market ahead of us. And so, you know, it creates an opportunity when there's a lot less people in the market kind of chasing, chasing deals. And so, you know, we're seeing, seeing that market softening, um, but also being able to find and, you know, uncover some, some great opportunities in there. Um, so I would say, you know, it's, we, we look at that fundamental, we look at the supply demand, you look at the class A coming in, any startups, you know, if it's not already, already in construction, it's just in permitting phase. A lot of those projects are going to be, you know, shelved and put off until the cost makes sense. Cause for developers, it doesn't make a sense anymore because your interest costs are so high. Right. And so you're going to be holding off on those projects. And so now you're slowing down your pipeline of what's coming, you know, and what's coming down. And so, you know, we're, we're bullish on the long-term plan. You know, I don't think these, these deals, even though in 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, they transacted, you know, six, 12, 18, 24 months, right. Which is, is I'd say very atypical for, for this sector, right. They're, they're supposed to be real estate is not a, year, not a year term. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was just transacting so fast. It, it set this, I think, unrealistic expectation. So if we're looking kind of from this point here into five years, you know, seven years, 10 years in the future, right? That's where I think we got to look at that horizon and see what's happening uh, in the multifamily spa space. You know, do the fundamentals make sense? Um, and, you know, nobody can time the market. We're, we're not going to be able to time the top, the bottom, you know, what, what the future holds. Uh, I know the previous chairman and CEO of Goldman Sachs, you know, he had a great interview with IPA a couple of weeks back and he's, you know, they're, they're kind of looking at those long-term fundamentals and they're very strong and bullish on, on the space overall, right? We just had a, an atypical reaction and COVID and money printing and, you know, rent skyrocketing really high with, with, you know, and, and transactional volumes just going, going wild with cheap free money. Uh, and that, you know, music stops. And so, you know, they maybe are talking about, you know, maybe we have one more 25 bit, maybe, maybe there's another who knows, and then, you know, kind of next year, mid, maybe spring, summer, we're looking at things starting to cool down. And so I think long term perspective, if you step back, you see when rates are going up, you know, people pull back, when rates stabilize, you kind of know what you're working with. And when rates drop, you know, you see a market kind of come back a little bit further. So 
it'll be it'll be an interesting uh, interesting uh, time ahead for us all. Um, but I think you know if you stay true in those fundamentals and you stay true with what's um, you know just just your your product and people need a place to live and you know people are moving to a market and they typically are going to kind of rent first and you have this this now this massive gap between rents and your affordability for buying a home right so like you were talking about leverage and everything's pulling back um but you got this big gap and so i think it's only going to exasperate and, and and encourage this uh renter market further um so so it's so real estates you know we can talk about the macros but you know really if you're looking at assets and you're looking at the micro and you're looking at what's happening in that product and that sub market you know where where are true value adds and another point you you uh you talked about and then i'll stop rambling um another point you were talking about is where where are those opportunities and and i think some of those are just hey great asset just the ownership group didn't anticipate rates being you know some of these bridge rates are going to be eight nine percent and so they didn't anticipate these rates being so high and so it could be a great asset you know some of these you're seeing 2000, 2005, 10, 20, you know, in that, that vintage that would typically be, you know, your institutionals playing in that space, taking up those assets, but they're not playing right now. Um, and you're not seeing them transact. And so, you know, some of the opportunities are really in those, those great solid institutional quality assets where we're able to go in and, uh, and see opportunity and, and, you know, find those, those, uh, those gems. Yeah, I appreciate that view. I, I happen to agree. You, you want institutional quality, you want good stuff. Somehow you want to motivate it. Distressed owner. In uh, the primary distress today is they borrowed the wrong money. I mean, floating rate debt. And that's a common uh, that's a common behavior. It's a common problem. And uh, all that um, is on top of uh, kind of any adjustments so the 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 motivation the sales motivation for floating rate that is significant but then obviously if it's a coastal property insurance adjustments any of that stuff and uh, uh just curious what you've seen in texas on the insurance adjustments in florida it's been absolutely insane so it, it, it is houston uh insurance rates have gone up sometimes 3x i'm not i didn't say 30 percent. i said two three x and and it's it's obscene. Is that you? It's is is that your experience too? Is is that the uh, the the risk today? Well, you have to underwrite for a large insurance bump, and it's these bumps are so large that it's almost scary. It's almost like you either get ultra conservative and then you can't even pay close to the price that it's the it's the this the issue. What price you the seller is willing to accept? And 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 you could offer them a super low ball price, but you know, it becomes a question of what the market forces will do. But but just tell me a little bit about your experience seeing insurance uh, yeah, prices going up. This is great. You know, definitely the boots on the ground. Um, you know, I complain about insurance in Texas and then I look in Florida and, and I live in Florida. Um, and I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> it's if, if it's 1980s or older vintage asset in Florida, my gosh, you know, we're, we still actively underwrite and look in this market. And some, some prices we're looking and we're seeing like 4,000 a unit um, for insurance. And it's just almost strangling a lot of these deals, you know? 
Um, Texas, we did see a, a huge bump, you know, like you said, two to three times uh, the rate. And those are like non-coastal properties. Anything, um, if you're looking south side of Houston and you're looking, you know, Clear Lake, Galveston, anywhere there, those 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 costs have just, you know, skyrocketed dramatically. And so... Um, in, in, inland, it's two to three X inland. And if you're near the water, what does the number look like? Oh, geez. You know, we, we avoid those areas intentionally and specifically, so... Um, you, you can't even do the math you can't even underwrite right you you, you just yeah can't. yeah yeah exactly you're five six hundred a door maybe 700 800 a door you know you're looking at three thousand a door you know and and in a nobody underwrote that you know anybody that three thousand a door versus 600 a door it's it's a five x and um what kind of rent per door are you are you charging yeah, I mean, that's that's it, too. Your rent's just you haven't seen that enough, you know, enough of an increase. And then, of course, you got your risk factor of if there is an actual event or if there is an actual storm. You know, we haven't even talked about deductibles and everything else and what you take on as a as an ownership and project. And so um, I'm loving away from the coast more in Florida, central Florida, you know, further away from the coast. Um and, you know, just kind of taking some of that risk factor down. Um, I would say typically everybody, and I know we're going to come more minutes, um, everybody is kind of in the same level playing field. So if we're looking at a new deal, you know, if we're evaluating a new deal, pick a market, and we're looking at insurance, that is typically going to be that cost what everyone's looking at, right? We're, we're, we're all in that, hey, we're, we're in the same debt boat um insurance is is pretty wild and so you know plus or minus we're going to be you know all facing that same same music so um yeah i would see you know those those create the issues uh but then at the same point create the opportunities and so you know we're we're bullish i guess on the fundamentals and then really just kind of undercovering and finding those opportunities you talked about that bid ask gap you know hey, where do numbers make sense today versus where does the seller want to sell it? And often that gap is is still substantial. And so, you know, we're staying true and we're putting bids here and, and you know, let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep looking and, and uh, undercover, uncovering those, those opportunities. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Because one of the biggest problems is um, raising capital. You could, you could, you could make a, an offer you win you win a bid and you know let's just say you you underwrote what you think conservatively the challenge is most of the investors need to be convinced today that um that it's a great deal not a good deal uh and another big challenge is most of the investors are tapped out it's one of the big problems of the whole industry uh investors kept kept making great money in, in in the space they kept cycling money from one project to another but whatever the last set of projects they're in those projects are kind of stuck right i mean whatever they are they can't get an exit point transaction volume is down so that cash is not coming back even if they were bought reasonably well value add was executed reasonably well unless they get an exit uh folks don't have the cash to redeploy and many of them uh, are nervous um so it's kind of an interesting situation where whole industry is talking about so folks who were never never saw any kind of you know bleeding now they they bled on some projects are bleeding or may bleed 
So they're, they're, they're very cautious. After years of completely being infallible, everything just goes well, up and up and up. And now it, it's, wait a minute, things can go wrong. So convincing these folks to write fresh checks, they're, they're getting a lot more cautious now. Now you got to get new folks to write your fresh checks. And new folks are entering this world where everybody's nervous and cautious. So it's it's hard. So what do you do on an equity site? How do you tell people, hey, I got a great deal, and not only I got a great deal, um, write me a check. I'm just curious your, your, your thoughts. Yeah, no, that's great. Great thing. And I think if you're just trying to find a market rate deal and, and it's, you know, it's nothing really special about it. I think those, those are a little bit more difficult. Um, but I know one of the deals. Yeah, that we... difficult, they're impossible. If you, if you come in with a market rate, deal, what do you mean market rate deal? Well, you know, you're not, you can't convince your, your, your investors are getting a great deal. You're just getting a deal. You know, the inflation will take care of the business. Uh, the, the tide that rises all boats. But the problem is, the time may be receding now. You got to convince them that you're buying deep enough, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. and that's so. So it's like, I, and that's where you know we spend a lot of our time, a lot of our effort. You know, probably looked at over 200 deals, underwritten over 200 deals, um, getting into the weeds of it just to really see where you know we're putting offers where we're comfortable, where we think it's it's a great opportunity or fantastic opportunity. But not where it's like you said, just a good opportunity. You know, maybe maybe it's a marginal project, and so you know, I think it just takes a lot of those relationship building with the strategic partners, and then also you know, looking and uncovering you know, or, or uncovering a lot of those those uh, those those projects. You know, and you're going to find somebody that's needing to sell, somebody that you know has to transact, and so that's where you know we'll be there for it. And I and with those. You know, when you're seeing that that hundred fifty thousand dollar Ferrari, you're like, I want to buy that. You know, and I'm gonna gonna make that work. So, and we're we're almost out of time. But the final question: um, How would folks get a hold of you? Um, uh, what's the best way to reach out if they wanted to learn more a little bit about how you do things, the markets that you operate? What's the best way to get a hold of Brent? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, so to get a hold of me, um, really to see, you know, some of the opportunities that we we look at, enrichinvestments.com, enrichinvestments.com. Yes, yes, yeah. So that's the best way. There's a contact form, and and we could book a time schedule, um, just a quick conversation, make sure it's the right fit. And and uh, again, yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on the call. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate your your insight, and uh, wishing good luck finding the next great deal. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.